0: Hello and welcome to the Policy Innovation Podcast, the place you can listen to people from mums and former prime ministers to startup founders and scientists share their experiences and ideas for innovating policy to build a better world. Today, I'm very excited for our first in real life recording with Esther, co-founder and CEO of Hundo, a platform connecting forward thinking employers to Gen Z talent. Esther, welcome.
1: What an intro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tell us about you.
1: So I'm uh, Esther O'Callaghan, co-founder of Hundo.Careers, which is a new um, HR edtech talent platform looking at how to, well, honestly, um, how to tackle youth and employment <laughs> and hopefully end it um, because um, young people are... They've always been having a hard time in the jobs market, really, and now um, with a lot of stuff going on in the world, it's kind of getting it's kind of getting worse. Um, so we started out wanting to see if we could build a platform that could change that.
0: Awesome. And how do you go about trying to solve that? Uh,
1: by um, listening to and working with our primary audience, um, which is 16 to 24 year olds, um, and trying to build something, a platform that they actually see the value of and want to use. Um, so our three kind of primary audiences are educators, training providers, um, young people and employers. Because uh, those are the three key people in the <laughs> you know, who kind of all need to interact together. And and in all honesty, um it's just for whatever reason, um over the last like, you know, last few decades, it's become such a, a broken, dysfunctional space. Um, and everyone that I meet and talk to, um, whether they are HR directors or chief execs or line managers or teachers or young people, um, I think it's the first time that they're all really aware of how acute the problem is and also like a genuine willingness to want to try to work together to solve this and that's quite exciting because that's quite a hopeful space um, because that, you know, what you need is people to not just see what the issue is but want to actually get together to solve it
0: cool and why have you focused specifically on solving this issue?
1: Because I think it is solvable um, so always good to have a problem that you think can be solved um, it's also it's also my area of expertise I suppose uh, it comes from um, my own personal experience um, I know what it's like to grow up on preschool meals and um, you're three times more likely to be unemployed than your um, counterparts who didn't grow up on preschool meals and it's kind of going, I was a young person a long time ago now. <laughs> um, but it's sort of going like it hasn't really changed. You know, that sort of perpetuation of intergenerational poverty seems to just keep going, no matter what government is in power, no matter what policies are in place. It, it kind of remains this stubborn issue. And I think for me, I've worked on the, I've worked on the hard edges of um, what happens when young people don't have opportunities, so not just my own experience, but um, seeing it repeated over and over and over again. Uh, you're looking at, you know, kids who grow up in care um, young people who come out of youth offending units. What's the world for them? Um, and, you know, it's almost like you make mistakes as a child or a young person and you are punished for life. Um, and, and I find that really difficult to accept. Um, and I think because I've seen I've seen the damage that it does. Um, I worked at Big Issue in the north. It was one of my very first jobs, and I read the case files of a lot of the vendors who were on the street. Um, they may be adults now, um, but you could see how they'd ended up on the street, you know, that, that, that combination of growing up in poverty, getting into trouble, um, ending up in institutionalised um, places, uh, youth offending, you know, criminal justice. Um, and then all the mental health, you know, issues that go with that. And and it's just this, this cycle, um, you know, for a lot of, I worked a lot in, um, you know, kind of self-harm, suicide, you know, it's always predominantly young people um, who are sort of facing, yeah, just, just a hopelessness, uh, you know, for, for a lot of them. And I, and I feel like, um, I don't think, that I've, I've never really met a child who um, wanted to end up like that at 18. Um, and for me, Youth and employment is kind of the product, Um, it's the outcome of not tackling child poverty. And that's a huge, huge issue (laughs) that I don't know how to solve. Um, The bit I do know how to solve is taking those young people who for whatever reason find themselves in a difficult place and making it practically possible for them to actually get out of that and have a career. And the unemployment bit is going, ultimately, you need paid work to lift yourself out of poverty like you can't do it without a job um, and you can't get a job if you don't have the access to employers and the opportunities and um, so yeah I could go on for a while.
0: <laughs> so that's what hundo.careers does then right is to provide youth access to job opportunities across the UK.
1: At the moment yeah we started off in the UK and we want look Youth unemployment is a global problem. Um, in different territories, there are different reasons for it, um, but I would still argue it comes back to poverty <laughs> in the end, in all its forms—not just financial, digital, um, lack of access—you know—to to work, to education. Um, so for me, we wanted to um, build a, a marketplace. Really, you know, there isn't there isn't a silver bullet solution, um, and we don't know everything. Um, but for me, it was going there is a genuine willingness um, from both employers and young people and education to go, we know that we've got this problem now and it's affecting everybody now. It used to sort of just affect young people, you know, it's kind of always been a social problem. Um, But it's the first time kind of particularly over the last five years that I have just watched... um, talent wars you know shortage it, it's kind of I don't think I can read another paper on the tech skills gap you know and the kind of mismatch it's sort of going we know um, we don't need any more research on the fact that it's a problem it's kind of going like how do we all now galvanize around the idea that we need to to solve it by providing um, for us what we'd like to provide is a kind of a one-stop place for young people, um, where they can, um, say they're in college now or in education, they can join the Hundo platform, they can start to discover careers and opportunities, they can start to think about um, the skills that they have, and um, both personal, not just what they're learning, um, but what they're doing online, you know, if they're gaming, you know, they're getting leadership skills, team building skills, and start to get them to um, be able to think about themselves differently and more positively, um, and then have access directly to employers who want a diverse and inclusive workforce um are actively seeking um gen z talent you know because they know that they need to well they know that they're struggling (laughs) to attract them um and then match them much more effectively so it's not just a kind of a everyone leaves education and then there's just this crazy (laughs) free-for-all hiring you know that happens um and that's yeah that's what we want to build
0: I love what you guys do to build confidence among young people because I know that you've helped place people that didn't think they were good enough for a job. But does it take some persuading of the employers to hire young people and Gen Z talent?
1: It's um, it's not really taking a lot of persuasion, is is the truth? Um, Because because the problem is so acute, Um, you know that that they are struggling to attract and retain. This audience um, and that actually is a high cost to a business and um, and it's little things like you go well if you're advertising all your jobs on a jobs board um, gen z audience aren't really on jobs board so much anymore not on linkedin so much so it's kind of going if you're there's almost this sort of like complete like you know everyone's trying to like attract them but in the wrong places and <laughs> um, so so for us it's sort of going um a lot of the so a, a lot is around language as well um, the, the examples that sort of, kind of make me smile. <laughs> so it's going, you know, we, we people still refer to jobs as um, blue collar and white collar. Like it doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, it actually means something to parents or grandparents who see blue collar jobs as um, less valuable than white collar ones. Um, but it's just so old school. <laughs> Um, as a way of thinking. It's almost like this kind of real disconnect that's occurred, and all of a sudden, you know, young people have an opinion of, you know, boomers and, like, you know, Gen Xers and whatever, and it, and, and it's almost, we've almost started to pit people against each other in this sort of very divisive way, um, but actually... You know, if you start to think about young people as, you know, your niece or your nephew or your cousin um, or your little brother or whoever, and that's who you're trying to help and support into work, it suddenly becomes a very different um, feeling.
0: And they're often the generation that makes me most optimistic about the future. And we as millennials and baby boomers have a lot to learn from them.
1: Just to qualify, I'm not a baby boomer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Cheers for <laughs> <to> that, Nathan. Our previous guest on the Policy Innovation podcast said that they saw the upcoming challenges as being climate change and also access to jobs. What do you see as the biggest upcoming challenge?
1: Um, I mean, I think on a on a sort of a species level, um, you know, climate change is obviously um, you know the big one. Um, I think for young people, um, the idea that entry level roles are disappearing um, because of automation, things like that, it's sort of going. You're talking about a level of social unrest um, that is actually going to cost countries billions. So investing in young people is actually a very sound investment because it's going to cost everybody so much more in the long run um so i think that it's been interesting for me to even with the uk government you know the kickstart scheme there is a recognition um that something has to be done um about this and that's yeah so i I see that i mean i see that across i see that happening in multiple territories yeah
0: can you talk us through a bit about your journey from working at the big issue in the north to founding and creating hundo it's called a squiggly career
1: <laughs> so <laughs> i mean i was just looking for like a, a way to explain and describe how i've got to where i've got to and, and it was a squiggly it was a squiggly route and and i think that's the um Yeah, I think think that's kind of why I do what I do now because going, I left school at 16 because I had to, um, went to work um, and I had really no careers advice, no sort of, you know, I was born in Blackpool. um, So you kind of went into like tourism or care homes (laughs) because that was kind of it. Um, So I did everything from bar work, waitressing, uh, window cleaning, (laughs) paper rounds, you know, and it was, but I was super bright, you know, and it was just such a waste really in terms of like, I could have, if I'd have known what the opportunities were, you know, where I could have gone, I could have advanced a lot faster. Um, as it happened, I actually really like bar work, <laughs> so, um, but window cleaning less so. But I think it was, um, you know, from that was kind of lots and lots of experience. I needed, I needed to do shift work, you know, because of my home situation. And so I guess as lots of young people, it's not so much, um, it's not as simple as to go like just go and get full time, you know, leave school, get a full time job. It's like there's a whole nuance, you know, that's around individual situations. And so yeah, so I moved mean to Big Issue and then kind of. Um, Yeah, it sort of moved to Manchester, and I ended up um, on the community foundation, Um, so I ended up um, on the board uh, looking at making grants. You know, and I guess I kind of I started to find a vocation (laughs) um, just by doing stuff. You know, I I was working on corporate partnerships for Big Issue, um, and I found that I liked taking a little bit of money from where there was a lot and putting it somewhere where you could make an exponential difference to someone's life. Um, And I guess that's the same thing. <laughs> um that I do and that there's always been that um I find it hard to I find it hard to ignore problems um where I think I can do something, you know, not just me on my own, you know, the whole team. Um, as I say lots of things I don't know how to do. <laughs> um but I think I think solving issues that shouldn't be there in the first place um is really important and I think for me looking at if you change one young person's life. Or you don't actually. They do it themselves. But if if you if you give them the guardrails, you know, and the support and the encouragement, and the access to opportunity, it's not just about mentoring and hoping for the best. It's got to be like a job at the end of it. Um, then it's kind of going. Their kids don't then grow up in poverty, and then their kids. Um, and I find I find what you can do over a couple of generations. And um, by empowering, what um, I find it really—I um, don't, don't know what's the word I'm looking for—I um, just like it. I think it's amazing. I think it's a—I think it's a huge privilege to be able to to just turn that dial a little bit. And um, like I'm—you know—I'm a parent now, so I grew up knowing hunger, you know, where there not enough food and lots of other awful things, you know. But my son. Um, because I was because some people were willing to give me a chance and give me an opportunity um, he will never know that um, and I would like to be able to kind of replicate that um, for as many as we can.
0: <laughs> what an epic squiggly journey and hence you creating Hyundai which you only created recently right how did you go about building the business and empowering as many people as possible?
1: I spent um Of you know, from big issue onward, I I sort of was on the big lottery fund um, board, so chaired the young people's fund. And I saw you know, we were responsible for like 2.3 billion of public money. Um, and I and I was like, I was like 24, you know, 25, and I was like, that's the most money ever. But what I realized, um, over that time is, um, the needs, you know, societal needs are exponential, and funding is finite and limited. Um, so, I worked in the charity space for a long time, and I was sort of going like, it's not, it's not a sustainable way to solve problems like youth and employment. Um, and so, I was running a Recruitment Industry Foundation, looking at youth and employment <laughs> um, about five years ago, um, and it was the same thing. I it was the first time that I started to see because I'd always been like self-employed, so like recruitment hiring HR was like a dark art to me I you know, I'd never really come across it um, and I started to see for kind of like the first time that there was a commercial application um, you know that young people actually were um, beneficial to companies they're not just like they're not like charity cases like you don't bring them in because you feel sorry for them they've got an actual genuine value to the business um, and I met Pierce my co-founder, um, and he came from, like, the total opposite side of the tracks to me. So, like, private school, you know, kind of, like, ultra-privileged, you know, kind of um, recruitment, you know, recruiting into, like, investment banking and, you know, like, it's literally, like, so far removed from, from my life. And it was meeting him um, where we both sort of converged on this idea that actually, yeah, youth and employment's a problem, but so is the hiring market. It's completely, like, dysfunctional. Um, and we thought that there was... If we got together, you know, bringing all that kind of like social purpose and mission with his commercial expertise and experience that maybe we could build something um, that was different.
0: Awesome. And then you're like the yin and yang for each other. Which will only strengthen the business, and I hear has led to some exciting results.
1: Yeah, it's that um, that overnight success that's taken me uh, twenty five years. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, we were um, so we we were backed um, last year uh, by. Um, three wonderful humans uh michael whitfield chris bruce and paul huntingdon who um had got to know me when i was running the charity and they um invested in hundo um very early to give us the chance to kind of see if this was something you know we, we know that we can solve we know that we can help young people get work but we wanted to know if we could do it at scale because the problem is so big and um, so they gave some seed uh, small seed funding um, to get going and um, we closed that round in the um second week of the first lockdown so that was fantastic and terrifying and awful and so so we had to really hard pivot our business model because it was all about getting young people into offices and work and you know kind of interacting Um, and um, actually it was it was probably for the business it was probably the best thing that could have happened because it made it forced us into looking at um, virtual remote, you know what this new world looks like, um, and, and therefore building out a tech platform to support that. So, um, so, the, so the the good news on that is um, they backed us again, um, and then some other people decided to back us, um, and then um, Ascension VC uh, came in as our lead um, fund, and uh, we have just closed our seed round at um, just over two million dollars. Wow! Epic. <laughs> And terrifying <laughs> but it's, it's amazing for me because it's that um it's that validation um piece to go there is that that sort of core belief you know all of these years and then when people can actually see it and see that there is um a scalable solution and um, that is really really exciting for us yeah that, that is it well cool. congratulations thank you
0: so you've raised two million dollars You've created the platform for people to find work and employers to find people.
1: What's next? So we are launching our first campaign, uh, which we're calling Hundo 100, because for those who don't know, Hundo means 100%. Um, and that's the first 100 companies who are coming onto the platform to work with us uh, to really start to tackle this problem together. So that is going to keep me busy for the next yeah <laughs> no, no rest for the wicked hey apparently not no. so the next bit is we um we've been able to you know hire in our team which is great because just the two of us until then uh we obviously are you know our first hire is gen z and he's been absolutely brilliant and i would like 50% of our workforce always at least and um, to be um gen z i think that um that you know, young people are brilliant for business, and I guess if I'm, I'm always a bit like if I'm asking other people, you know, if I'm telling other businesses that they should be doing this, then we, you know, we kind of have to live and breathe that, you know, ourselves. Um, so that's, um, you know, that even just being able to create jobs just because we exist is like a really nice feeling. Um, the main things that we'll be doing um, is obviously really building out our tech and um, capacity, um, because obviously the more people, the more companies we can onboard, the more jobs we can create. Um, that's kind of one side of our platform. The other side is looking at, um, ultimately, um, young people are stuck in education um, until they're 16 to 18. It's mandatory. Um Education is a long way behind the future of of the workplace, it's one of the problems Um, and I think it's going to take a real long time for them to sort of like get to grips with this Um, so what we wanted to be able to do um, was work with employers um, to augment young people's education and training while they're in mandatory. Um, So it means that they can come on the platform and start learning how to use, you know, like Adobe products or Microsoft products so that they're starting to develop and pick up skills and create a record of achievement of employability skills. You know, I'm not someone who's like averse to education for its own sake, but I'm looking at you need young people who've got the skills um, for the jobs that are coming down the track. And the the example I always use is, you know, a six year old now. Gen Z. Um, by the time they're starting to look at work, um, affordable mainstream space tourism is probably going to be a big industry. Um, you can't really expect education to keep up with that kind of pace of change. So what we're trying to build is, um, you know, rather than like slagging everyone off about what the 9.0 you know, education is or whatever, is just going. How can we build a bridge um, that can support? Um, young people to uplift them and kind of take them through the process into their career.
0: Cool. So it's not only making the market more efficient by empowering young people to find work, but it's also a platform where young people can upskill themselves to prepare for the jobs of the future. Yeah, That's awesome. If you could implement one new policy innovation to help end youth unemployment tomorrow, what would it be?
1: Um, I would set up a Gen Z political party. Um, because I think that they, I think young people are um, left with the, the, uh, what's the word, Um, you know, the choices that adults make, young people seem to pay the price for and they don't have a voice in that Um, and I actually think that they should have a seat at the table.
0: Great point and idea. Well, thanks very much, Esther, for your time today. I really enjoyed speaking with you. And I'm looking forward to seeing Hundo helping to tackle youth unemployment. Thanks, Nathan. If you're an employer looking to hire Gen Z talent or Gen Z talent looking for jobs, do check out hundo.careers. If you liked what you heard today, please do subscribe or follow this podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date as episodes are released. Thanks for listening.